following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Good morning, church. Are you all alive with me? Good morning. Oh, I thank God for allowing me to come and speak to you all this morning on God's word and hear what God has to say. If I'm kind of dreary a little bit this morning, I made the mistake and got on a ride with my kids yesterday. Uh, you ever been on a steel eel? You ever heard of steel eel? Yeah. They're at uh, SeaWorld, and I made a mistake, and they begged me, Dad, get on one time with us. And I, I got on there, and when I got off, I felt dizzy. So I'm not what I used to be. I used to love those rides, but I can't do it anymore. But I really, really tried to, to be with them with and hang in there because it was a guy, he was in his, he was about 70 years old, and he told me, I said, I said, yeah, I've been to SeaWorld. He said, you ever rode a steel eel? I said, nope. You ain't been to SeaWorld, then you ever rode a steel eel. I said, oh, he want to challenge me on the steel eel. So I got on the steel eel. I got to tell him about it when I see him. But um, we, we're, we're here, and we're glad that God have allowed us to come be with you all today. And as Justin said, we've known each other, uh, kind of met several times. And I've came by the church several times and kind of peeked and see how church planting goes about and spoke with him. And, and he has helped me to realize about church planting and God has allowed us to really be in the season to church plant, and we're trying to be close there to the Randolph Air Force Base and trying to uh, do that maybe the end of next year that's, or the beginning of 2021. Wherever God says, that's what we're going to do. Amen? And, and God, I believe, will get us there, and we're trying to, uh, our goal and our plan is to be a multi-ethnic church there in that location, and I believe God would do that. I'm still associated with the Air Force. I'm in my latter years. If I can retire tomorrow, I would. <laughs> when they were allowing people to retire early, I wasn't in the time frame to retire early. And then when I got there, they stopped doing it. <laughs> I was like, man, I want to retire early. But other than that, God has been good to us all. Uh, just to give you a short thing about me, I am originally from a place called Anthonville, Arkansas. I know you've never heard of this place. It's like a country place and probably about 200 people in the town. My father is a mayor there. He's a carpenter. He is the pastor of a town, of a church there and everything else. <laughs> and so he's, he's, if you go there and you know Reverend Wright, he's, everybody know who he is. Everybody know who he is. But I met my beautiful wife at West Memphis, Arkansas, which is 10 minutes away from where I stand. Well, just wave your hand, baby. It's, she is so beautiful. It doesn't make any sense. You know, I, even when we were in high school, I said, man, I'm going to marry her. She can tell you that story about that. But God had been good to us, gave us two beautiful children, uh, Rebecca and Elijah. They are 12 and, and 9. So I'm learning how to deal with a teenager and learning how to deal with a 10-year-old is coming up next. But other than that, we are, we are here Let's look at God's word for a moment, and I want to show you some things I believe will help you all out in this season. I know you all kind of been studying Genesis for a while and took a break and came back to Genesis, and I hopefully that I can share something with you all to help you to understand what's going on in the life of Jacob. 
If you all ever read anything about Jacob, you know that his life is just, just chaotic. It's kind of strange in what Jacob was going through. And a lot of the similarities of Jacob is also some of the similarities we have. And I'm going to show you that today. Uh, one of the things I do want you to understand is that prayer in our life is a necessity. To really understand the life of Jacob, we got to understand that prayer is a necessity. Prayer is not an option for the Christian. It is a necessity and is a mandate. A Christian does not make an option to pray. A Christian prays because they know they have to. They know they need to. They know they need to be before God. Prayer is the most essential spiritual discipline that we have. It is a great muscle that we must every day of our life work out. If we don't work out that muscle, then prayer will be ineffective in our life. The things about prayer is mentioned 250 times in the Bible. The aspect of prayer or mentioned about prayer. So I'm like this when it comes to reading something, noticing something in Scripture. If it's mentioned more than one time, it's important. Can y'all agree with me with that? Amen. Amen. I know I'm used to being a mostly uh, cultural church, and sometimes I love to hear amen. 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 There we go. Y'all can feedback with me. It's all right. I love that. I just don't have the keyboard behind me, but it's okay. Amen. Well, we understand that prayer itself, and when you read the scriptures in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Amen. Pray without ceasing. We ought to pray at all times. Colossians 4 and 2, I'm just kind of giving these out to you all. Colossians 4 and 2 said, continue steadfastly in prayer. It tells to continually be in prayer. Paul also wrote to the church at Ephesus that we should pray at all times in the Spirit. So the Apostle Paul even gives us a glimpse to say, hey, even as he's writing to the church at Thessalonica, he's writing to the church at Colossae and, and the church at Ephesus for us to do what? To pray. We should always be praying. Jesus was also a person of prayer. When you see his life, he withdrew at times to pray. And almost every major decision that he did, he did what? He prayed. I think sometimes in our, in our Christian walk, we kind of see prayer as an option. It's like when we want to come to God and when we really need something, that's when we come in prayer. When every decision we make, we should pray. Jesus himself prayed, and, and we understand about Jesus that there were times where he was in agony in prayer. Jesus there in Matthew and Luke chapter 22, there at the Mount of Olives, he says, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. There are going to be times in your life when you're praying, when you're praying in agony. There's a crisis that's going on in your life. I realized this in my own life, that when I became a Christian, no one told me that life is not going to be that easy. It seemed like they sell everything else. Yeah, if you come, God would do this, God would do that, God would do that, and God would do this. But they don't tell you that when you become a Christian, that you will go through trials and tribulation. Can we agree on that? 
Each one of us as Christians will go through trials and tribulations. Jesus, at the point of his crucifixion, understood what was about to happen. He was 100% man and he was 100% God. He understood what was about to happen. And even that, even in the garden, he says, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. He knew he was about to go into this place where there would be pain and anguish. He knew that crucifixion wasn't easy. He knew it was about to happen. Christ paints a picture on what it means to struggle in prayer. And this is where we're going to talk about the life of Jacob. What it means to struggle in prayer. To struggle in prayer means it is a persistent prayer where we are looking for a blessing from God in the midst of our crisis. I don't know about you all, I've been there where I'm praying and asking God to bless me in the midst of my crisis. I know I talk loud too, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm country. It's something that we need to understand that in the midst of a crisis is the persistent prayer where we're looking for a blessing from God in our crisis. Our crisis could be fear, darkness, empty feeling of powerlessness, uh, exhaustion, relentless pain. Whatever it is, it was in our crisis, we're asking God to bless us. It's very persistent. It ain't something that we just say right before we go to bed and fall asleep. It's probably where you cannot even sleep at night because you're thinking about this issue and you're praying about it. John Calvin wrote something about Jacob and his life, and he says this, When the Father tests us, we may find ourselves struggling with him, looking for a blessing in the midst of our trouble. This striving is not blasphemous. Wrestling with God can prove our faith if we take it in the right spirit. Struggling. Testing of the faith helps us to grow. It helps us to get rid of things and change more in our character. In other words, storms our life helps us to mature spiritually and develop a character that resembles Christ. That's, that's a part of Christianity if you hear a lot of times in the word of faith movement. I'm sorry, y'all, I don't like the word of faith movement. All right, I don't know if y'all like that or not, but I don't. And sometimes in that movement, it tells you that you can name it and claim it and take away of things. If you're struggling by something in life, then you can just name it, claim it, or say something, put in the atmosphere, and that's gone. I, I'm just, can we really be honest in life? Have you ever been through a crisis like, are you going to name something and it leaves? Right? They use a type of scripture. They use a scripture in Romans 4 and 17 and says that you can speak those things as they were. That's what they use that base off of. So when people are going through something, they use them speaking things, right? I heard one guy, he was sick. He said, in the name of Jesus, I'm not sick anymore. And he was dying, literally just coughing up blood. I'm not doing this anymore. Then why are you going to the doctor then? Right? And 4 and 17 says, speak those things that they were so. But they forgot to read the first thing that says God speaks those things as they were so. It's missed out God. Just say we do it. 
So in the midst of a struggle, as Christians, we are going to go through something. And we're going to need God in the midst of that because we need to understand that God sometimes tests us, put us in a position where we have to go to him. It is not that your faith is bad that you're going through something. It's really when you have faith, when you go to God. People think your faith is bad because you're struggling. Faith is great when you go to God. Jacob himself went to God even though he was struggling. But he went to God. I give him that point. He went to God. In the struggles in our life, we need to go to God. Jacob, if you understand, his life is very difficult. He struggled all the way from he was born. Even when he was born, he pulled, he was grabbing on the heel of his brother. His brother Esau came out, and then here come Jacob. He's grabbing on his heel. In other words, it seemed like Jacob wanted to be first as a baby. That's a powerful thing to be a baby. They want to be first, right? As twins. As he was growing up, Esau was the one that I'll put in our kind of our context as I'm kind of looking at this scripture. Esau was born, and he was hairy, and he was red, and he was like this muscular guy, you know. He's, he's like the daddy's dream of a football player. <laughs> Feed them cheeseburgers and everything. He's just steak eater, right? Jacob come out, a little scrawny little boy. He's all small and puny. He's a mama's boy. He cries every time he falls down. He crying over this. He's in the kitchen with his mama. He's learning how to cook with mama. You know I'm tagging everything to mama, right? He's with mama all the time. So he get great at cooking. The time of going to their father's death, Isaac, Isaac himself has to give a blessing to the children. Traditionally, the blessing is given to the oldest. Esau is supposed to get the blessing. Rebecca. His mom comes up with this scheme so Jacob get the blessing. Y'all following? You all read the story. I'm not going to the whole story, but Jacob ended up getting the blessing. Esau said, when daddy die, you're mine, boy. <laughs> Been just in words. You're mine. And Jacob being a mama's boy. Sends him to the uncle Laban, because she knew what Esau was going to do. He goes down to his uncle, and he sees this pretty young fox mama. He sees Rachel. Rachel looks gorgeous. When I looked at my wife, I was like, man, that lady is fine. And that's what he did. He looked at Rachel and said, I worked seven years for Rachel. Laban said, okay. And Laban, you know, he's part of his blood, right? He's tricking everybody, too. So as a marriage night, and it's dark out and whatever, he's, he wakes up in the morning. He finds out he's got the ugly sister in the bed with him. <laughs> I'm being real, right? This is, this is how I see it. I mean, I maybe I'm a little off from here. He's going to the, back to his uncle, like, what is going on here, right? Give me the, give me the ugly lady. I'm, the, I'm on Rachel. You know, you know, you got to marry the oldest first. Try to get him to work a little bit longer because, you know, Jacob working good here. 
So it's after the week, you can get Rachel and you can work seven more years. And he does that. Then it comes the point in time where Jacob is about to leave. He needs to leave. God had told him he needs to go back to the land where he came from. Basically, go back home where you, where you grew up at. So he's going back. And then even in the midst of that, Laban didn't want him to leave. That's a struggle there. Then if Laban finally gets him, let, let him leave because God told him, don't touch him, let him go. He leaves. On his way back, he knows he's got to meet his brother, Esau. So he sent messengers before him and said, hey, look, Esau, everything is good. We're okay, aren't we? We're good. I got, some, I got all kind of stuff. I got some horses and cows and pigs, whatever he got, right? He got all this stuff. He said, we're, we're good. Messengers come back and say, Esau's coming. And he got 400 men with him. I think at that point, I think Jacob probably fell out. This is my opinion. The scripture didn't say that, but he was terrified. Esau's coming. So now he's in the struggle again. He goes back to God and tries to put the promises of God back in God's face. God, you promised that you would do this. So Esau, as he's coming, he takes his people, have them go before him. He has his, even his wives and children go before him, right? Y'all think about this, right? His wives and children go before him. It's almost like I'm about to do something. Something about to happen, a tornado come, and I take my kids. Y'all go before me. Y'all go ahead, right? <laughs> that doesn't seem right, does it? This is Jacob's life. He said, I'm going to spare my life. But if my kids and family are gone, at least I'm here. At least I'm going to run. So now he's at this night, and he's, he's by himself. And all of a sudden, there's some type of man walks up and starts wrestling with him. It's almost like, like uh, Craig walking in Walmart and coming out at 9.30 at night. Y'all know who Craig is, right? Okay, just make sure y'all been here for a while. So Craig is walking. You know, have y'all seen walk, Craig walk? He's like walking on mission. Have y'all ever seen Craig walk? He's like mission person. Am I right? He's on mission. And notice that Craig walking out of Walmart on mission. Because he's always on mission. I love Craig. He's always on mission. And he's walking out of Walmart, and all of a sudden, I just walk up to him and start wrestling with him. <laughs> that sounds crazy, doesn't it? This is what's going on here. He's, he's at this part of this night, and he's sitting here, and all of a sudden, a man comes up and starts wrestling with Jacob. And so Jacob started wrestling with the man. Now, when I, look, when I think about wrestling, I think about when I was growing up looking at WWE. Jake the Snake Roberts, you ever heard of him? And so they're, they're wrestling. But I want you to understand this is a picture of us wrestling in prayer. It's a physical battle that's going on with Jacob and this man who is God himself, but he's wrestling with this man. And you got to understand that this is a picture of us also struggling in prayer because Jacob is struggling. Jacob realized this was God, and he asked him, he said, you need to bless me. Bless me. Jacob won his blessing. There's three key things I want us to understand about this. Number one, when we're struggling in prayer, God will bless us. God will. Most of the time, we think of blessing as materialistic. 
We think that we get the new car, a new house, or whatever. That's not what I'm speaking of today. The blessing could be patience, peace, endurance, renewal, or assurance. One of the best things about a person who's going through a trial and they're with God and they're struggling and they're persistent, that God gives them some type of perseverance and give them some things that they're able to go through in life. It seems that when they get on the other side of the trial, they're better. I can talk to my father about things of life and I talk to him about different trials that I may be experiencing. It seems like everything's so easy for him now. He's been in ministry over 30 years. It's just a point that he has already been through those trials. That's why it's good as young people to also be under elders and those who have been through life because they're able to help us to understand life a little better. We don't kick those who are older out. We need them because they understand life. They've been through it. Well, my kids look at me crazy because they think I don't know anything. Kids do that. And we are blessed. Jacob demanded blessing from God, and God blessed him. Secondly, we experience transformation. I think this is the biggest thing. We experience transformation in the midst of our struggle. When you look here, when, when the scripture was read, Jacob's name changed to Israel or Israel. He said, what is your name? God asked him, what is your name? And Jacob said, my name is Jacob. He said, no, it's not. I'm just putting it in my words, okay? Your name is Israel. When Jacob said his name, it's more like a confession of who he was. God changed his name to mean God would struggle. Submitting to his will and a change of heart occurs. In other words, sometimes when we're going through a struggle of life and we're persistent in prayer, God tends to point those things out in life we need to get rid of. Amen? Did I lose y'all yet? No? Amen? Okay, just make sure y'all wait. It's a struggle in prayer. So what happens is that a transformation happens. Look at the life of Job. Job also went through a transformation, even though he didn't curse God, but he had to realize he ain't in control. See, that's, that's a transformation that happens in our life because we are trying to understand life itself, and God created us. He understands life, and when we're going through those times, he helps us to realize who we are, that he's God. That's why the struggle is needed. That's the reason why we need to go through trials of life. We need to go through those things. And even that, when we experience transformation, we even act differently. It's a change of character. Anytime we are with God, hours and time of day, God changes us in how we act and even how we live. Last key thing is that we increase in faith. We learn more on, on God and, and to supply all of our needs and to fight our battles. When we're persistent in prayer, when we're struggling in prayer, we lean on God 
more. Those of us that are going through things of life and God tends to help us through that, we tend to lean on God more. That's why them struggles are great. I know it's not a, a great thing for the Christian in our society. You know, being persistent in prayer is not a thing we talk about anymore. Going through a struggle is something that we don't talk about anymore. I think because we're all rich. Amen. Amen. Y'all might not think you are, but go into South Africa, go into Indonesia. You know, some places in Africa say if you got a little weight on you, you're rich. They think fatness is richness, right? So I must be rich because I got some fat around my belly, right? Don't y'all say amen on that. <laughs> y'all want, yeah, amen, look at his belly. <laughs> so the trials of life helps us to understand who God is. And it helps us to do what? To lean on God more. Isn't the best thing about life and understanding is not all the things we receive, but to understand who God is and lean on him more? See, the best part of life is that Joel Osteen missed. It's not about what you receive. It's God. What was Jacob's issue? He, He tried to manipulate all kind of ways. He tried to use his wisdom and smarts to make it work. And he came to the point of his life that he needed God to work. In our lives, we're the same way. We go to school, get education. We get smart. We learn how to do things on our own. And God breaks us down to the point that we need him more. That's what happened in Jacob's life. He got the blessing. He able to get the, the wives that he wanted to, the wife that he wanted to. Not the other one. He just got that one, right? He got the wife that he wanted to. He got prosperity that he got. And he's going back to the promise, and all of a sudden, Esau's coming, and now he needed God. God broke him down to humility that he needed him. And God does this in our own lives. He breaks us down until we need God more. Jacob's prevailed. Jacob prevailing in this battle by admitting his guilt and absolute dependence on the Lord. Clinging to him with all might, such cleaving is a way we can prevail with the Lord and trust him to work for our own good even when life is tough. Jacob would just automatically win as, as a match, but he, won, he prevailed with God in the battle that he submit to his will. Struggling in prayer helps us to submit to God's will. It's not about what we want and how we want it. It's about submitting to God. One thing we can take from this is that when there's a crisis or trial in your life, consult with God. When there's a trial or crisis in your life, consult with God. Go to God when there's a trial. Lean on him through the trial. Be persistent in asking God, what is it that you want me to learn in this trial? What do you want me to take away in my character within this trial? The trials of life will be there. 
there will be times when we will struggle. But given the right spirit, we'll struggle in the right way. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for everything you have done for us and, and how you have worked things in our life. And, and God, we, sometimes we, we struggle with life. There, there are times where we are going through things and we are going through a crisis and we're going through life. We don't know everything and, and we don't know how things work. We don't know how things will go about. But God, you understand it all. And God, you understand how life should be. You've created us. You've given us your image. We're a very image of you. And Lord, we just want to know that in the times of life, in a time we are struggling in, in our prayer and we are being persistent and we're trying to figure out what's going on, God, you know everything. And God, we pray that as we're walking through life that you help us to be more like you, that when those times and seasons happens, that we just don't throw in the towel, but we continue in our faith in you. As Jacob was and as he was transformed, we see afterwards that he not only faced Esau, but he walked in front of his family. He walked in front of his servants. Even though he walked with a limp, he walked in faith to meet his brother. And Lord, I ask that in all of us, that during those times that our faith would increase, which means that we, we trust in you more. Even though we don't know what the objective and we don't know what the outcome would be, but that we trust you. We ask this in your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen.